You're listening to the Bears Brothers Podcast and Post Game Show, the place where Bears fans across the globe hang out online after every Bears game. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast, where we pride ourselves on making you the most informed Bears fan on game day. Yesterday, we sat down and had an enlightening conversation with Mark Schofield of the Locked On Patriots Podcast. He's also a pro football weekly, which means it's time for our official game preview this week, as we're going to discuss everything that you need to know heading into Sunday's game against the Patriots, a team that we have not beat in the Tom Brady era. This is your host, Will DeWitt, and I'm glad you joined us today this evening. And for this week's game preview, I have both of my Bears brothers right here with me, Brandon Hazlett and Nicholas Moriano. And guys, to be honest, it's been a really long week after that loss on Sunday. But, you know, we're officially ice forward, looking ahead to New England. How have you guys been? I want to go back to Miami just to to be in Miami. But outside of that, I'm good. (laughs) What about you, Nick? Doing well. It's been a busy work week, like we were just discussing right before we went live. But it is good to be back in Chicago. Like I told Brandon on the last podcast, could not live in Miami. It's just way too hot there. Yeah, I heard that. And then meanwhile, my wife is like, I want to move to Miami. I'm like, how? How can we do this? (laughs) I can't do it. Can't do it. It's too humid. All right, guys. So let's go ahead and just get this preview started by taking a, a look at the unit that's fresh off that bye week hangover, the Bears defense. They're coming off easily the worst performance of the season, and it doesn't get any easier. In fact, I think, and I think you guys would agree, that the difficulty level gets turned up a few notches with Tom Brady and company coming into town. But this game does give the Bears a chance to prove that Sunday's meltdown was nothing more than just a blip in the season. And they're going to be going up against the Patriots offense that is only averaging 15 points per game on the road. So just keep that in mind as well. Now let's go ahead and begin by taking a look at the quarterback uh, that apparently time does not affect. Tom Brady, he isn't having a career year or anything. Uh, Currently 22nd in yards per game, uh, 265. He's 15th in the passer rating with a 98.2. But he is 6th in the NFL with 13 touchdowns. However, over the last two weeks, he has bumped up his average up to uh, 340 yards per game in each of those games. Uh, We learned a little bit about the formula to follow in order to, I can't say stop because that's impossible, but rather slow down Tom Brady yesterday. But I'm curious to your guys' thoughts here. Which Bears player on the defense are you looking at in order to make maybe life difficult for Brady? Uh, It's going to be a team effort, of course, but if you just had to highlight uh, a player or a few players that you deem most important, I want to know, what are your keys to slowing down Tom Brady? It's a very tall task indeed, but Nick, I want you to kick this one off. Yeah, how to stop Tom Brady is a question. But I think a key player on this Bears defense is going to be Eddie Goldman, somebody who not only stops, uh, is going to try and get after Brady with the pass rush, but is going to stop uh, that Patriots offensive run game, and which is a key part of that offense. So I think if Eddie Goldman can get interior pressure, that's going to make Brady's job a little bit tougher come Sunday. And obviously, if you can get pressure off the edge, that's going to help as well. But I think getting interior pressure is going to be really important, whether it comes from Goldman, Hicks, Bullard, Robert Robinson, whoever's in there, uh, even middle linebackers coming up the blitz up those A-gaps, 
interior pressure is going to be the key to stopping Brady, but whether the Bears can get hit home or just make him uncomfortable is the question. Yeah, absolutely. Getting him off his spot, making him have to maneuver in the pocket are going to be definite keys to limit Tom Brady this week. Brandon, over to you. What do you have? I'm looking at the, the inside linebackers because we've seen them, and I mean, this isn't just Tom Brady. I don't know necessarily how much pressure they're going to get on him. Uh, I think that we kind of seen last week how Miami was able to avoid it. I think we see kind of something similar that Tom Brady's going to do because him and Bill Belichick, I'm sure they're scheming up some sort of masterful plan in their evil evil lair underneath Gillette Stadium uh, to avoid the pass rush. So I'm not going to pick a pass rusher. I'm going to take both the inside linebackers, uh, Roquan Smith and Danny Trevath, and they cannot over-pursue guys in space this week. Uh, tackling is going to be a major, major key. So I don't think it's necessarily so much stopping Tom Brady. It's going to be stopping his supporting cast. I think Tom Brady's going to kind of have his day. He's going to find a way to uh, to avoid the pass rush that the Bears are going to bring, unfortunately. But I still have high hopes that they're going to get there. I just don't know that I have one guy that's going to be able to stop him. Exactly. I mean, that's just what Tom Brady does. There's a reason why he's been so effective for so long in this league, and it's because he's able to uh, – him and Belichick combined do a great job of coming up with great game plans each week to uh, kind of take the strength of each defense and find a way to exploit it, You know, which is a very uncanny ability at that. But like both of you guys mentioned, it's going to come down to not as much slowing down Tom Brady because it's a very tough task, but really finding a way to mitigate the damage of his targets, his weapons in the passing game. And obviously we're all looking for vast improvement from the Bears secondary because last week was, you know, to put it bluntly, it was horrendous. They allowed a 71% catch rate and about 9.6 yards per target on passes thrown to just the wide receivers. Now, Tom Brady, he's been finding some success with guys like newcomer Josh Gordon, and now Julian Edelman, he's back uh, now for a couple of games after starting the season on suspension. And we'll get to guys like Gronk and James White in just a minute because I want to look purely at the wide receivers. I want to know, like, what did the Bears need to do in order to limit their impact? Because Chicago, we've been soft against wideouts this season. It's been kind of flown under the radar, but especially over the last two weeks, the secondary has surrendered 37 catches, 510 yards just to wide receivers alone. So obviously this is a pain point that we need to look at. And Brandon, I'll go right back to you. How do you limit the impact of just the wide receivers? I think getting Prince Mukamara back, I didn't check his uh, his practice status today, whether or not he was practicing or not, but I think Kevin Tolliver plays a big part in that. Uh, teams are looking to pick on, on the young guy because after we've seen Kyle Fuller pick two interceptions last week, I think Tom Brady's smart enough to go, Let's not try those waters. Let's try on the other side where it's going to potentially be weaker with a uh, Prince Mukamara who's going to be potentially bad on an injury. Like I said, I didn't check today, so I'm not 100% sure where he's at. He was limited with his hamstring. Okay. So I don't know necessarily that it'll be 100% come game time, but then you're going to look at the rookie Kevin Tolliver who we've seen put up you know, big games before. He was able to play Mike Evans pretty well in that win against Tampa Bay. Uh, but at other times, he hasn't always looked all the greatest. So I think that that's the, the matchup that we really have to look at is who is Kevin Tolliver going up against. What about you, Nick? Yesterday, our guest, Mark, talked about how the Patriots really uh, lean on, rely on that quick passing game, especially to Julian Edelman with these option routes. Do you have a plan of action or you know put on your Vic Fangio hat here? How do you slow that down? Because that's a very difficult uh, thing to do, especially with a quarterback that has a chemistry like a Brady and an Edelman. Yeah, so it is about taking away the options, especially with all these receivers being really capable of running those option routes. It's specifically, Julian Edelman, though, has just been mastering his craft with Brady keying up that timing. So I think what Vic Fangio needs to do, and a big thing with these option routes, they play different options based off the coverage, whether it's man or zone. So I think Vic Fangio in this game, I know he likes to play you know, his very um, 
you know, just basic defense. You know, you're going to have to pick us apart, do it like that methodically. Not take for granted what happened in Miami. That was like a, an anomaly, really. So I think what Vic Fangio needs to do in this one is really disguise whether it is man or zone. So based off of that, Julian Edelman may be seeing man right in front of him. And Tom Brady, right after the post snap, things just switch on him. So maybe Julian Edelman thinks it's uh, a man, but it actually comes zone. So he run, runs the wrong route. That can lead to bad things happening for that Patriots offense. And obviously, Tom Brady's seen it all. I mean, he's been playing forever now. He's been able to combat and win against some of the best defenses at, you know, in this league. So that's going to be the key, I think, in this one for Vic Fangio is just to disguise what exactly his defense is bringing in each and every play. Because if you're playing the same exact defense, you know, down after down, Tom Brady's just going to pick you apart. So it's about disguising what you have out there on defense looking outside real quick Nick uh, Kyle Fuller Josh Gordon I think that's going to be a matchup that you know a lot of people are looking at uh, especially myself um, you know Fuller's coming off that multi-interception game he's playing more confident especially compared to like last season um, but Josh Gordon he's someone who he doesn't need a lot of catches in order to make his impact felt how do you see that shaking out you know, I think that's a really good matchup. And I know Kyle Fuller, he got beat by, I think it was Grant for Miami on one of those plays there, but he did end up obviously having those two interceptions. I think Kyle Fuller does better on the bigger kind of receivers. Obviously, they're not going to be as fast. So it's going to be a very physical matchup, but I'm confident that, you know, at least Kyle Fuller is going to be able to contest, you know, those jump balls because that's what Josh Gordon was brought there to do. He can really be that big body receiver go in into the red zone, especially and make those big time plays. But Kyle Fuller, Josh Gordon, that's going to be a good matchup. And I think Kyle Fuller's up for the test. All right. Let's kind of transition. Let's look uh, elsewhere here. Rob Gronkowski, he leads the team in receiving yards with 405. And he also leads the team in yards per catch at 15.6. Running back James White, he leads the Patriots in targets with 51. Catches with 37, receiving touchdowns with four, and yards after the catch uh, with 231 on the year. Uh, so for a Bears defense that's coming off a game with a bunch of missed tackles, uh, looking at James White specifically here, someone who can make plays you know, in space with the ball in his hands, he's an obvious X factor and a dynamic third down back that we must be able to pay attention to. Um, but I want to know, guys, how do you mitigate the damage from these two? Because they lead the team in multiple categories. Granted, Julian Edelman's still kind of getting in the groove. Josh Gordon came a little bit late. But uh, what are the keys of getting it done in terms of the skill guys, Gronkowski, and then out of the backfield, White? Brandon? I don't know if you guys watched the game against the Chiefs, but their two-minute drill to set up that last-second field goal to win it was, like, really, really interesting. They ran four plays, including a kneel down. Uh, the first one was a run by Sony Michelle up the middle to get the first down. The next pass, the next play is a pass to James White uh, in in space, and he's able to take a, a linebacker DB with him for probably five, seven yards downfield with a stiff arm before he gets brought down. Then the next pass is just a beautiful over-the-shoulder pass to Gronk with a guy draped all over him. Uh, so, I mean, that combination right there, I mean, that sets him up into field goal range to win the game. But that combination right there of – if Gronk's covered and Tom Brady's still able to float the ball in there to where only Gronk's going to get it. And if they're not on James White and can't make that initial contact as soon as he catches the ball, I mean, it's it's really tough to be able to slow this this duo down. So tackling in space, especially with James White, is going to be key. And I would expect to see uh, Gronk being double teamed uh, underneath and over the top with one of the safeties throughout the duration of the game to try and limit that window that he has to throw to. What do you think, B? Do you think they actually get to clean up that tackling issues? Do you think last week was just kind of a lapse in terms of the grand scheme of things? Are you, are you worried about it? I'd slightly worried about it just because we've seen it, but I don't think necessarily they're going to come out with that type of performance at home. I think that they recognize that, and they're going to be able to have a, a bounce-back game in this one. All right, Nick. Gronk, White, how do you stop him? 
I wish I knew. Um, so I think <laughs> what, yeah, what the defense needs to do, like I said, limit options. They also have to be sound in their assignments because any one of these guys can get the play at any moment in time. It's not like the Patriots need to focus just on getting the ball to Gronk because there's so many options, so many weapons. And that's the thing, whether it's going to James White, one play out of the backfield, Roquan Smith needs to be sound in coverage, needs to not over-pursue. And I saw that a lot happening with um, the Patriots, actually, linebackers in with Kareem Hunt, just over-pursuing. So that's going to spe- play the exact same concept for Roquan Smith in this game with a, a shifty back in James White who can make you miss, who's obviously a good pass catcher out of the backfield. So that's how you can maybe mitigate the damage there. You just got to be sound in your assignments. I think Roquan Smith has the athletic ability to definitely keep up, and so is Danny Trevathan. It's just about being sound in your assignments and being able to get to where you need to be before you know James White or one of those running backs, Sonny Michelle even, gets there. And then Gronkowski, I saw a lot of Ron Parker, the chief safety, playing him one, you know, just head up. And, you know, Gronkowski's going to do his thing. He's not – our our guest in yesterday's podcast, Mark, was saying that you don't necessarily need – or I guess to put, put it better this way, he's not the player that he once was, but he can still hurt you. And it's going to be interesting how the Bears play. I know Brandon just said maybe they play double coverage. If the Bears – you know, I think for the Bears' best chance to maybe just spread out their defense to – guard all these weapons you might have to go single coverage on him it might just be adrian amos so that's going to be a huge task or maybe it's a roquan smith who has to guard him as well but however you put it this patriots offense there's reason why they're still doing what they're doing they've been doing it consistently for years and just putting up points and tom brady's one of the best because they're able to distribute the ball everywhere so i know that didn't really answer your question well how do you stop it i just really don't have a really good answer for you no, that's fair, and you don't need to. I mean, that's the point of this show is to kind of you know lay the land a little bit, and if they have it where it's set up pretty well to find it, you know, make it difficult to stop them, then that's exactly a very good point. Um, but the good news is, at least in terms of James White, uh, the Bears, at least as a defense, have done a really good job this season at limiting running backs as receivers coming out of the backfield. They've only surrendered 26 receiving yards to backs per game so far this season, which is uh, you know limiting the damage. Uh, Pretty much everywhere, everywhere you look. But uh, up next, we're going to take a look at the Patriots rushing attack and how the Bears stack up. But first, real quickly, I need to take a quick timeout to tell you about our show sponsor, SeatGeek. Football is back, and SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every game all season long. Whether you're searching for a last-minute deal, planning a night out, or need to find the perfect gift, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. As you know, all the Bears brothers had the SeatGeek apps in our phones and our devices, and by far, it's the easiest way that we've been able to search and purchase tickets. I'm personally a big fan of how they kind of can make the filter uh, by best available and also by value. When you sort by value, you're instantly able to make sure the tickets that you're looking at are, of course, the most worth it. And of course, SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. And right before the show, I was checking SeatGeeks into the tickets for that Bears game against the Patriots at home. And there's still plenty of amazing deals left. And, of course, the deal scores are comprised of location, price, historical data on the seat. So if you're considering going to this game, which I encourage you to do so because we really need a great home atmosphere this week against the Patriots, I encourage you to look at these soon before these amazing deals are no longer available. And the best part of all is that our listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app, enter the promo code BEARS today. That's promo code BEARS, B-E-A-R-S, for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. 
All righty, you're listening to the Bears Brothers Podcast. I'm your host, Will DeWitt, joined by my fellow Bears Brothers, Brandon Hazlett and Nicholas Moriano, and we are continuing our discussion on the Bears defense and New England's offense heading into this Week 7 matchup. And as a team, the Patriots average 123 rushing, rushing yards per game, which is good for ninth in the NFL. Their workhorse, Sonny Michel, he averages 4.4 yards per carry and about 80 yards per game. And James White, Rex Burkhead, they've each contributed here and there as well. But just looking at Michelle, he's been over or near 100 yards per game over the last three weeks, and he's really kind of found a groove. Looking at the Bears' defense, they've been really stout against the run before the bye week, but of course they got gutted last week, 158, 158 yards given up on 28 carries. Now obviously stopping the run is going to be key. Our Steve Letizia, he came out with a By the Numbers article today. I encourage you to check out our site, thebearsrose.com, to read that article. Um, but in it, he explained that the Patriots, in their four wins this season, they have averaged 30.75 rushing attempts for about 142 yards and 1.5 touchdowns per game. Um, but in their losses, uh, they've only been running the ball 21 times for only 80 yards per game with a zero touchdown average. Um, and in terms of wins versus losses, when they're winning, they're averaging 4.6 yards per carry. And when they're losing, it drops down to a 3.8. Stopping the run is going to be huge. But I want to know, how did the Bears defense actually do that? How can they right the ship, get back on track, and stop New England on the ground? And let's go to Nick. You know, that's, again, another great question, how they're going to stop this running game. Because this offensive line for the Patriots has been doing such a good job in springing these running backs uh, just to get in these open lanes and make plays and at the second level especially. But, again, it's going to come down to, you know, Eddie Goldman, Akeem Hicks, and the guys to set the edge. Don't let these running backs bounce outside because that is especially where they can hurt you, especially if Sony Michelle, like our – you know, our guest podcast uh, just yesterday, Mark was saying that he's learning how to identify the holes, especially in the NFL. Now this isn't college where you make yourself, uh, you, there's going to be bigger holes is now he can just identify them, make himself skinny, able to get to the next level, get those big chunk yardage. So what the bears need to do is just be, again, this goes back to being sound in your assignments and being able to set the edge, make it to where it's only one lane where he's supposed to be at. And hopefully those linebacks are there to fill that hole because these running backs have just been on a tear the past three games, especially Sony Michelle, who's had, I think it's over 300 something yards and four touchdowns over the last three games now. So the Patriots have been utilizing that. And if you have both the running game going and Tom Brady in that passing game, good luck for any defense that's going to go up against that. Yeah. What about you, B? Anything else you'd like to add here? Just think discipline is really the big thing, especially for the defensive linemen that you touched on already, you know, setting the edge. Uh, but also, you know, staying in your gap. Uh, don't try and make the play until he comes to you because the linebackers are going to be able to come in and fill those gaps, you know, essentially right away. I would hope so. Didn't necessarily see it against Miami, uh, but I think that's something that's going to get corrected here uh, this week, especially at home. I don't think the Vic Fangio is going to allow that performance to happen twice in a row. So I think they do bounce back in the run defense, but really staying disciplined in their gaps, especially the defensive lineman is going to be big in this one because we've seen what Michelle can do. Yeah. And what I see here too, uh, again, going back to Steve's article, because he did a great job of breaking down some of these numbers. Um, the Patriots, they have, they haven't really tried to hide what they're doing. They're very much like, we're going to show you what we're doing and how we're going to beat you. And it's up to you to figure it out how to do so. And this is very true with their running back utilization because uh, when Michelle's in the game, they run the ball 75% of the time. But when it's James White, the Patriots are throwing the ball over 81% of the time. So obviously there are some tendencies in play there. But going back to both of your guys' points about discipline, even though in the past the Patriots have kind of leaned to these, and they know the Bears' defense is an aggressive one. So I would 
maybe anticipate them trying to keep them off balance by going against the grain with these tendencies. So when maybe White's in there, you end up running a little bit more than they have in the past, or kind of vice versa with Michelle uh, passing a little bit more when he's in the game. Just some things to kind of keep in mind. But go ahead and transitioning, looking at the battles in the trenches. The Patriots, they've done a good job up front, only allowing eight sacks so far this season. But they have struggled with giving up some pressure on occasion. But regardless, Brady, he's the fifth best quarterback with pressure in his face this season. Again, it's Tom Brady. Um, But the Bears pass rush, it was shut down last week. And Khalil Mack, he's dealing with an ankle issue. He hasn't been practicing so far. Um, So I want to know, what's your level of concern for Mack's ankle? And what's just your expectations for the Bears front seven against the Patriots offensive line that should be without their starting right tackle who is dealing with a concussion? I'm looking at Shaq Mason as the guy because I think it was Mark. Uh, yeah, it was Mark yesterday that said he was the highest-rated PFF lineman of the week. Uh, so I'm looking at his matchup against the Keem Hicks and Eddie Goldman, depending where he lines up. He's either at tackle or at guard on the right side there, uh, because I mean that's mono mono. There, strength versus strength. The Keem Hicks, the top run defender, uh, I've seen PFF tweeted out uh, this week against the top-rated offensive lineman of last week. Uh, so I think that's one one matchup that uh, Bears fans and Patriots fans really should really look at because that's going to be a very very good battle there uh because if Akeem Hicks can really help shut down the run on that right side uh then that really makes you know I don't know that we want to put the ball in Tom Brady's hands uh, <laughs> but it eliminates a facet of the game so it, that's one matchup that I think if Akeem Hicks can really get get out ahead of early in the game it's going to force the Patriots to kind of have to make some adjustments later on in the game what about you Nick uh Khalil Mack ankle real quick uh you know he's never missed a game in his career and he played the vast majority of the last week's game with his injury. So I'm confident he's going to go out there and be able to get a go. The Bears are just giving him, you know, the week to kind of recoup. And Cleo Max, a guy who doesn't need a whole week of practice in order to get ready for a game. We know that we saw what he did when he first got here within a week of getting acclimated to this defense. But what's your level of concern with that ankle injury and maybe limiting his impact, even if he has to go up against a backup right tackle? You know, I think like you, I agree with you. Well, I think he's definitely going to play in this game and even an injured Khalil Mack is still a great thing to have on that defense. Let's be completely honest. He's just that good of a player. Um, but with that being said, I just don't know if this bears, I, I think they'll be able to rebound from Miami because I mean, they just didn't do anything to really get to uh, Osweiler. So I think they'll be able to get to Brady. It's just, he has such great pocket awareness. And even if it is coming from the middle, He's just been in this league for so long that he knows where to go, where to slide his feet and just make the proper throw to get it to an open receiver. Um, I do think they will be better with pressure. It's just whether or not they actually get there and make an impact is a question because, like we said, they've given up a bunch of pressures, um, but they they haven't sacked Brady a lot. Uh, the offensive line has not allowed Brady to get sacked a lot this season. So I think they do have a bounce back as an entire group, not just Khalil Mack or you know Leonard Floyd, which we need to see more of. Um, might as well bring that up into the you know the discussion because Leonard Floyd's a guy who hasn't really. No. Done, he has Spoiler not alert, done. that's my X factor. So, oh so. well, well we need him to be. We honestly need him yes. to be because if he's not suflexing guys, I don't know what he's really doing out there. I know Vic Fangio <laughs> said today that this was uh, that Miami game was actually one of his better games, and I don't know maybe because we were in the stands, we just didn't really see it. But I didn't really see much from Leonard Floyd. Didn't see much from the defense. Let's be completely honest. But we just need to see. A lot more from that front seven in general when it comes from last week to this week. All right, Mr. Spoiler Alert. Is there anything else in your notes that uh, you want to bring up? Just really the the one thing. I just I'm just going to go back to that two minute warning that the the Patriots offense ran. I mean, it's just amazing 
how calm, cool, and collected time is. So if it gets to a point in the game, I mean, they were in four plays. They huddled up. They didn't get out of bounds. They didn't call a timeout. It was just masterful. So just it's very hard to um, be confident, I guess, after the, the week we've seen last week against Miami and going up against two masterminds of the game in this one. I, I really like what the Bears defense is going to do. I think they're going to bounce back. It's not going to be the same performance we've seen last week, but it's really hard to have full confidence in this group when we're going up against a, an offense like that after a week after last week. What about you, Nick? It's going to be interesting how this Bears defense rebounds. Let's just say that. <laughs> uh, I don't really have much on here because Tom like Tom Brady's so damn good. He's a, one of he's going to go down as the best quarterback of all time for a reason. And this Bears defense better be up for the task that's going to be at hand because any slip up, any mix up in coverage, he's going to find it, exploit it, and most likely he's going to go for a touchdown. So the Bears defense needs to be fundamentally sound, be, you know, gap discipline, coverage discipline, Everything needs to go right for the Bears on defense, you know, in order to beat this Patriots offense. Yeah. I mean, that's really about it. Um, one last thing I do have, at least in terms of the offense versus the defense here, uh, the Patriots, like I mentioned on our podcast yesterday, lights out on third down over the last three weeks, 60% conversion rate. But the Bears defense, uh, they are the ninth best defense at home on third down, only allowing opponents to convert on 32%. Of those uh, those plays, so if the Bears can live up to that standard or at least close to it, maybe like even if they allow forty percent, I think I would be satisfied. It'd be very vital to the Bears' successes. Uh, they really can't allow Brady uh, and company really to extend drives because Nick, like you said, once you do that, uh, Tom Brady's going to find a way to make you pay if you give him extra opportunities, extra chances on the field. So third down, it's, it's a key every game. It really is, but it's a definite key this week. Um, so it's the Bears defense. They need to be as stout as they've been in the past on third down, especially at home. All right, so going next into our X-Factors real quick. Uh, Brandon, you already kind of spoiled yourself, so you're going to start it off. Yeah, Leonard Floyd's going to be my X-Factor because, uh, like Nick said, last week in Miami, I mean, Vic Fanger said that was his best game. Uh, and, frankly, this is going to be one where Leonard Floyd needs to step up because just taking last week, for example, Osweiler, when I – really started paying attention to his reads. He was throwing towards Cleo Mack more times than that because that's where the pressure was coming from. Uh, so there's a man down on that side from the beginning of the snap, beginning of the play. And Mack failed to get to the quarterback because, I mean, the ball was just out so fast. And so now with Mack, you know, hopefully still playing despite his ankle injury, I mean, Floyd's got to be able to step up in this one. He's got 12 tackles on the air, but he still doesn't have any sacks. So he's got to be able to generate some sort of push, uh, some sort of pocket collapse because Tom Brady's not the most athletic, especially at this point in his career. We all know that he's capable of getting in there, uh, creating that pressure. It's just a matter of seeing it. And I think with Mac being uh, a little more limited this week, uh, this is going to be the opportunity for Floyd to step up and show us, you know, why we drafted him. I mean, we've seen why, but he needs to resurface. Yeah, and I know they've talked about his hand getting pretty much it's nearing 100%, nearing normalcy, so hopefully that does help. But I agree, it's time for Leonard Floyd. At this point of the season, we need to see him starting to kind of rev up. But Nick, who's your X Factor? Sorry, I'm thinking uh, I had something funny to say about if Leonard Floyd doesn't pick it up, he has a wrestling career in his near future. <laughs> definitely pursue. All right, no, but to get uh, serious here, X Factor on defense, and I alluded to it earlier, it's going to be Eddie Goldman because he's going to have so many tasks what, to stop the run, get interior pressure, stay di- a gap discipline. He frees up those middle linebackers for the Chicago Bears. So I think Eddie Goldman's going to play a key factor, and obviously Akeem Hicks as well. But Eddie Goldman, I think, has been playing, you know, pretty well throughout the throughout the season. 
Miami just was that uh, one game where it didn't really show up. But I think if he if he's able to get interior pressure, that makes life really difficult for Brady because every quarterback hates interior pressure. I don't care how good mobile uh, a veteran you are, that's going to disrupt any quarterback. So if that can happen for Eddie Goldman and just being able to stop the run, that's going to give the Bears defense a, a clear advantage. All right, good stuff, guys. I'm happy I have an option C here because options B and A were taken. But C is okay because, you know, C makes a lot of sense too. And it's C for Callahan. I think Bryce Callahan's an obvious X factor in this game as well. Uh, matching up solely on a Julian Edelman in the slot, uh, Bryce Callahan has been one of the most consistent um, and one of the better nickel corners in the entire league. So for him, one-on-one against Edelman, even if the Bears are playing man uh, or zone and he's in his zone, uh, finding a way to uh, jump some of these routes, some of these option routes or limit yards after the catch, it's going to be very vital because the Patriots, they can run that same play over and over again. We t- Mark talked about it last week, and I saw the same thing on film. They run the same thing over and over again until you stop it. And I think if Bryce Callahan uh, finds a way to stop it and makes Brady look elsewhere, that's only going to benefit this defense. So Callahan's ability to really limit Julian Edelman's impact to me. It's going to be a very pivotal one for this. And you guys bring up great points too with uh, the edge guys, the interior pressure, because I agree with you. And someone else on my list, Aaron Lynch, uh, someone who's been playing well. And with Khalil Mack's injury, uh, if he needs some time off to be more effective, uh, having Aaron Lynch step in, pinch hit, and be effective when he does is also going to be very crucial to the Bears' defense success. But real quickly, guys, it's time to find out who has the edge. And Nick, you're up first. You're going to have the Bears pass rush versus the Patriots pass protection. I'll have to give it to the to the Patriots uh, pass protection. I think the Bears can will do obviously a lot better, like I alluded to earlier. But it's whether you can actually get home and you know sack Brady and you know disrupt the play uh, is the question. He's shown that he's that hasn't happened. That offensive line has done a pretty good job of keeping Brady upright. They've still been able to run their offense. Um, so even with the right tackle possibly missing this game. Khalil Mack's going to be injured. He's going to take a step backwards. He's not going to be 100%, obviously. So I will have to give it to the Patriots uh, pass uh, protection. All right. I'm going to give myself the Bears run defense versus the Patriots ground game. And I'll go ahead. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. And I'm going to give a very slight edge to the Bears' run defense here because, you know, they were top of the league before last week in this category for a reason. They have a, they've had a very stout run defense and. Last week in Miami, either be a lack of focus after a bye, some of that heat, uh, conditioning, a mixture of the two, or you know just a you know a fluke, which you know that could be it as well. Uh, whatever it was, I think it gets corrected this week. Uh, they stay disciplined, they stick to their assignments, they play uh, with a little extra tenacity uh, at home at Soldier Field. So a really good test this week in New England. They've been running the ball very well over the last few weeks, but uh, we're gonna find out was it a fluke. Or is the Bears' defense the defense we saw in weeks one through four in this regard? I have faith that it was the, the latter. So for me, I'm going to give a very slight edge here to the Bears' run defense, which means, Brandon, it's over to you for the Bears' secondary versus the Patriots' passing attack led by Tom Brady. Oh, so I have to include DB12, huh? You do. That's part of the. That's oh. part of it. <laughs> Dang. Now, I was going to say, you know, 
mono mono receivers versus secondary, I give it to the Bears secondary because there's no one single guy that I think that can take advantage of the Bears secondary. I mean, Gronk's always a threat, but we've seen them shut down. You know, Jimmy Graham week one, that's kind of the best comparison I can come up with. Josh Gordon's got speed. We've seen guys with speed uh, earlier this year. Uh, but when you throw in TB12, man, you got to go to the Patriots passing attack because he just elevates, you know, his receivers so much. They just become so much better just because he's out there putting the ball where only his receivers are going to get it. And so for that reason, I have to give it to the Patriots passing attack. But if we took out Tom Brady, it would be the Bears secondary. Too bad we can't do that, huh? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Who's your backup? Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer. Oh, we'll just knock out Brady and we'll get Hoyer out there. That's I like it. I mean, we face the backup in every game. One, yeah, one way so or another. Maybe it happened. Or, well, it could happen if the Patriots are blowing out the bit. No, I'm just kidding. Damn, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. That won't happen. You'll see when, when the score is, when we do the score at the end. All right. Let's go ahead. We reached the <laughs> midway point of our show, uh, this preview. And before we refocus, set our sights on the Bears offense, uh, we're going to take a few minutes to answer a couple of fan questions that were submitted via voicemail. And remember, if you want uh, us to answer your question and have your voice heard on our show, uh, just give us a call anytime throughout the week, 872-240-4007. And our first voicemail, it comes from David, who has a very good question about the fans feeling about the Bears within the city of Chicago. Hey, Bears Bros. This is Elliot from California. I got a question oh, about the Bryce Callahan. <laughs> this is Elliot. He's just been impressing the heck out of me lately. Just is able to get off the corner and sack the QB and get there or put pressure on him. He's really good at that. And also, he's just making tackles and getting to receivers out wide. He's just doing everything right. And I keep hearing his name on good plays over and over. So I'm wondering, do you think the Bears should utilize him more on defense instead of just having him play like a nickel position or, you know, just um, every so often? Put him in more as a true factor in the game. Thanks. So that question was not from David. That question was from Elliot. You know, live TV or live, you know, streaming uh, mistakes were made, but we roll on with this. Elliot, great question about Bryce Callahan and his impact on his defense. Brandon, I wanted to give this one to you. What's your thoughts about uh, Elliot's question on Callahan? Yes, they should make him more of a factor. And a perfect example that I want to point to is during the game, I think it was the Albert Wilson touchdown. The last one, I think, that the Dolphins scored in regulation, you said they took out Bryce Callahan. And sure enough, that is the play that they scored on to send the game into overtime. So, yes, Bryce Callahan, especially in certain game situations like Miami, uh, he needs to be out there uh, when they're going to try and get guys in space because he's very good at sticking to his guy and tackling in the open field. Uh, and I think, don't quote me on this one, but I do believe that we've seen the Bears play the nickel package the most and are the most effective out of that package where Bryce Callahan's in there. So he needs needs to essentially be uh, a huge factor, I think, for this defense going forward because he is just that effective, I think, if you were to do a plus-minus. I don't know if you do that in, in football. I've never seen that stat, but you never know what's out there. I think that uh, Callahan would have a very high plus because there's not many points given up on the field when he's out there, I don't think. Yeah, no, Callahan, he's not just been super sound in coverage, but he's been great against screens and the run game, very aggressive out there. So I agree, the the more he's on the field, you know, the better for this Bears defense. Uh, Nick, do you have anything you want to add in terms of this question and answer? Yeah, I mean, Bryce Callahan has played on 89% of the snaps this season on defense, so it's not like he's not out there. He's definitely out there. And last week against the Dolphins, he was out there 94.9% of the snaps. Just the one play he should have been out there. <laughs> of course, Albert Wilson takes it for 75-plus yards for a touchdown. But I think Bryce Callahan is being utilized how he should be. Um, uh, the 
defense now in the NFL has gone to this nickel package. You got to have a lot of these athletic DBs on the field because everyone's passing the ball. And I think Bryce Callahan is right where he should be. Um, and I mean, that's, that's a good thing because Bryce Callahan, like you said, will not just good in coverage, but man, he's a smaller guy, but he makes great tackles, able to get away from blocks, make tackles in the backfield. Bryce Callahan is, you know, vital for this defense, honestly, because especially with the the guys that they're going to play this week and, you know, Chris Hogan, Julian Edelman, and then even White and uh, Michelle, these guys can make moves in open field. And you want a guy that can be able to track these guys, stick to them and, you know, just make a play when it counts. So Bryce Callahan don't have a problem with how Vic Fangio is using him. Just on the one play that you wish he was out there. Of course, he's probably taking a break. But, yeah, they're, they're doing well with him right now. All right, and we'll get to uh, the second and technically supposed to be the first question. This is from David. So, David, I do appreciate your patience here, and uh, let's get to it. Uh, this is David Gagos, uh, huge Bears fan out of Albuquerque. Okay, I have one for all you fans in Chicago and the Bears brother. I don't get to hear all the talk at restaurants, bus stops, offices, or ever-popular water cooler. So I want to know, how is the city of Chicago feeling about our boys, the Bears? Is it a consensus or a little of no, they're no good, or they're doing great? Uh, give them time. Uh, like to hear how the city's reacting. Uh, once again, huge Bears fan uh, out in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Bear down. Yeah, bear down. No, it's really cool to hear from people from across, you know, the country, the world, etc. But I don't live in a city, so I'm going to defer this one to Nick. But real quick, uh, you know, I graduated from Indiana University. I still live down here in Bloomington. And when I first started attending this school four years ago, I swear I was the only one who wore Bears gear. And a lot of kids come down to school here from the Chicagoland area. And I was the only one. There's a lot of Cubs. There was a lot of Bulls, Blackhawks at the time. And I was like the only Bears fan, which is really weird. But now, like when I'm driving around campus or through campus, you see Jordan Howard jerseys or Mitch Trubisky jerseys. You see Bears gear uh, all over campus, which is uh, very enticing. So if that's any indication, you can tell that there's some more positivity surrounding this team, some more confidence. People are not afraid to wear that Bears gear, even down here in southern Indiana. But, Nick, uh, I know you don't technically live downtown, but you live pretty darn close. Uh, so how's the atmosphere surrounding this team up in the actual area? I would say that people in this area are just embracing the Bears now. There's a, This is a team that you can root for, especially with the Cubs being out. Like This is kind of your go-to. You don't want to root for the Bulls, but they've seen the Bears' success, and they've seen how they've done. Yes, they've lost some close games, but it's promising. There's hope again in the city, for especially with Mitch Trubisky and how he's playing the last two games. Had this question come up three weeks ago prior to that Tampa Bay Buccaneers game, I would say you that the fan base is conflicted because we we heard about well is Mitch Trubisky actually the guy? He's he's silenced those doubters. He's put together two good games. The defense had a bad game. It's going to happen, but I think for the most part, the city of Chicago has really embraced their Chicago Bears, and that's exactly what they need to do because this is a, a football city. It really is. When the Bears are going, the city's going. So I think that for the most part, Bears fans are happy with what they've seen. Obviously, they want to see more. You want to see the Bears beat the Packers. You want to see them finish out that game against the Dolphins. But for the most part, people I've just talked to, other Bears fans, they're happy with them. There's hope, and they're only going to get better from here. All right, good stuff, guys. But we're out of time for this segment. But there were some other great questions that came in. And even if yours 
was an answer this week. Uh, don't let that discourage you from trying again. Remember, call us anytime with Bears questions at 872-240-4007. But getting back to our game preview, it's now time to discuss the Bears offense that's coming off a game in which they put up 467 total yards and 28 points. They'll be scoring off against a defense that's been middle of the road overall. So theoretically, uh, this is a week where the offense should be able to kind of keep up its pace as New England ranks 20th in yards per game given up at about 380 and 18th in points allowed at 24.7 per game. But we gotta, we must, and we have to start with Sleeved Mitch. He has nine touchdowns to one interception over his last two games now. When we were in the stands down in Miami, he made some big-time throws that really got us up our feet, right? We were high-fiving everybody in that section. But it really wasn't until I got home and rewatched the game that I realized just how darn impressive some of these throws really were. And just fun fact, when looking at quarterbacks over the last three weeks, and I know some quarterbacks play two because of a bye week like us, others have three, um, but Trubisky, he has a passer rating of 143.0 over his last two games, which is best in the NFL by 23 points. He's also top of the league with 11.8 yards per attempt over this span. Just let that sink in. Trubisky's atop both of those categories, and he's the only quarterback on both of those lists in terms of like the top three, top four. Earlier this season, we saw some growing pains from Trubisky, but he's really started to come into his zone. Nick, what's changed? Man, uh, I think it's a bit of the play calling. Mitch Trubisky just having everything go right from him and starts from his mechanics, just setting his feet and just letting it rip. You saw those throws of Taylor Gabriel on the money where you can't put it anywhere else and have that be a completion. And he's just the throws that he was missing earlier in the season and specifically that throw to Allen Robinson, that skinny post route. That he missed earlier in week three against the Arizona Cardinals. Now he's making that throw. I think he's getting that confidence in himself. And he's just kind of growing before our eyes. He really is. And it's great to see because this is the guy that we envision him being. Someone who can exploit a defense, who can take advantage of what the coverage is bringing. And just, you know, give the Bears a chance to win games. So a little bit of the play calling. A little bit of him just actually taking advantage of every situation. And just making the throws. He was coming out of North Carolina. He was known for his accuracy. He's displaying that now. He's also showing that athleticism in the run game, just pulling the ball sometimes and getting big chunks of yardage. So Mitch Trubisky is playing well right now, and hopefully that continues against the Patriots this week. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like you said, he's playing with confidence. He has conviction with his decisions. He has poise. Uh, we can throw out uh, a word from the last tenure, you know, Moxie. I mean, he's just getting more comfortable within the system, and I think that's evident by the fact uh, that his timing has improved. Uh, really a big reason why the offense is humming along, but I think he's starting to have confidence, not just in himself, but in his playmakers as well, as you can tell, but the guys up front in front of him, the guys blocking for him. He's not the Mitch we saw, you know, the first couple of weeks was someone who was a little uncomfortable in the pocket, feeling some ghost pressure. And now he's calm and there's poise. He's not afraid of, you know, taking a hit and he's uh, staying in the pocket, stepping up into his throws, which is really, uh, upped his velocity a little bit on these, which I think, Nick, uh, you talked about his improved accuracy. I think that's why we're seeing a more accurate Mitch because earlier in the season, he would just kind of stand there flat-footed and try to arm it. Now he's stepping into throws, delivering. So it all goes back to mechanics, of course, but uh, I think the confidence and uh, just his uh, overall comfortability uh, within this scheme is really starting to show. And like Matt Nagy said, uh, we're only five games into this thing, and uh, you know the sky's the limit to see exactly how it all unfolds. Uh, B, is there anything else that you've uh, seen out of Trubisky from the first couple of weeks to uh, the last two? I think a lot of it's just time. Now that he's seen the game come a little, a lot, you know, 
he's seen the game, I guess, in the last five games, so he's able to slow things down in his head. Uh, but additionally, uh, Mark talked about this in his Locked On Patriots uh, podcast. I listened to it this morning. Uh, I think a lot of it really comes down to coaching. Matt Nagy's really done a wonderful job, and this was something that I never realized till Mark brought it up. Uh, he will call the same play multiple times, and he will have Mitch, if he misses a throw, he's going to tell him to do it again until he hits it. And when he hits it, I mean, the Anthony Miller one, uh, we've seen early in the game, it was that third down, uh, that third and eight where he missed him you know, way over his head. That's the same play that they ended up scoring on late in the game, and he hit him perfectly. Uh, so just being able to, to hit those throws, not being scared to call the same play twice, really helps instill confidence in a quarterback. And really huge, huge props to Matt Nagy for figuring that out because ultimately that's why we've seen the growth in the last few weeks here. Man, I love applauding our coaching staff and actually being proud of the decisions that they're making. There's some other yes. decisions that we're not. I mean, we can talk. That's a different discussion. I was on the post-game show. I, can, I can't gripe about that. Um, but a lot of it you have to like, which is something that we have not had on this podcast in years past. But looking at this game specifically, uh, Nick, I want to know, like, what do you expect from Trubisky against New England, who ranks 21st against the pass in terms of yards allowed per game, about 270. But they have surrendered the second most passing touchdowns with 15 on the year. They also have eight interceptions this season, which is six in the league. So a little bit of, uh, you know, intriguing uh, stats there with the 15 touchdowns. But, of course, uh, that eight interceptions kind of makes you, I don't say hesitant because we don't want Mitch to be hesitant, but uh, a little weary when you're throwing out there. Yeah, I mean, and they just played a Dolphins secondary. They had 10 interceptions, or, you know, Dolphins defense had 10 interceptions. So he's, and he showed confidence in his throws. There was a triple coverage on the very first play of the game to Allen Robinson. He almost hit that. So it's not, I don't think it even factors into how many interceptions the defense has. Um, and I think Mitch, because of that, Mitch Trubisky is going to play well. This is a defense that's given up a lot of, you know, a lot of points, a lot of yardage. And just look at the game for Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes and what they were able to do. They weren't able to get in the end zone in the first half, but they definitely picked it up in that second half in that game. And I think, honestly, it's set up for Mitch Trubisky to have a really good game. It's just, can he keep up with Tom Brady, which is going to be the question. So Mitch Trubisky, I expect him to be still accurate. I expect him to make the right throws. And I think people are going to be open in this game. So that's the thing with Mitch going into this game. This could be the third, you know, great game that Mitch plays because that Patriots defense, yes, they have eight interceptions and they really don't get to the quarterback. They're not very good at sacking the QB. I think this is all poised and just made up for Mitch to have a really well game, a really good game. A really well game. Yeah, really well game. That really (laughs) doesn't make sense. Well, grammar. All right. So, Obviously, a big part of his success has been the play of the guys up front. I already mentioned that they've been playing really well. And I think we talk about this each and every week, but we have to keep doing it. Uh, he's only been sacked three times over the last two games. And for this season, he's been kept clean on 75.2% of his dropbacks, which is the third best percent in the entire NFL. Looking at the Patriots, only one sack in the last two games. And we learned from that Meet the Patriots episode that that's more schematic because they've been playing a lot of more. Uh, three linemen with six defensive back sets, really making uh, quarterbacks have to beat them with their arms, with their decision-making, um, and also just having the extra defender on the field, the extra def- defensive back has been uh, something the Patriots have been leaning towards a little bit. But, Brandon, you're Mr. Trenches, so looking at the battles up front for the Bears here, which ones do you deem the most crucial? I'm looking at the left side of the line here with Trey Flowers and uh, Dietrich Wise versus Charles Leno because uh, – Top, uh, these are top-of-the-line guys for both teams, both Trey Flowers and Dietrich Wise, because of the seven sacks that the Patriots have this year, uh, Trey Flowers has two and Wise has two and a half. So that's over half just from those two guys. And it's so I mean, 
tell me if I'm wrong, but I think it's obvious that we know where the pressure's coming, uh, coming from with those seven sacks, four and a half coming from the left side. I think, I mean, Charles Leno has really, really played well this year, and he's definitely going to be up to this task of a rotating group of Dietrich Wise and Trey Flowers. So how they manage that rotation is going to be interesting, uh, but I think it's one that Charles Leno definitely is going to embrace uh, with full arms, and he's just going to, I think he's going to win this one, no problem. Nick, do you have anything you want to add about uh, either New England's defensive front or the Bears' offensive line for this game? You know, I think for the Bears' offensive line, it's just going to be about um, and this just what they need to improve on all season, just creating holes for you know everybody, but keeping that pocket clean, clean enough to where if there is pressure, Mitch Trubisky is able to slide right, slide left, at least able to climb the pocket in some cases because again. If there's that interior pressure like we were talking about for Tom Brady, that's going to screw up everything. Just at least give him a functional pocket to make the throw. All right. Let's look at the weapons in the passing game. Tariq Cohen, Taylor Gabriel, back-to-back weeks where they've just been ultra impressive and impactful. Uh, Them alone, over the last two games, they've combined for 26 catches for 425 yards. Impressive. Um, but the others, you know, they've contributed as well. I mean, in fact, if you over the last two games, uh, we have six Bears players that have caught a touchdown off of Mitchell Trubisky's hands. So looking at the Patriots secondary, I'm curious, guys, uh, which of these players, for at least for the Bears, um, in terms of wide receivers, tight ends, uh, Tree Cohen or Jordan Howard coming out of the backfield, um, DC having big games. Is it going to be another Cohen Gabriel again? Do you think the Patriots take one or both of them out of the equation and try to find uh, make the Bears find another solution here? Uh, I'm curious your thoughts. Score it back to Nick. I like Terry Cohen in this matchup. Uh, again, you can make the comparisons to Tyreek Hill, but in that play in the first quarter of the Chiefs and Patriots game, uh, you know there was a couple of times where Patrick Mahomes just missed some throws. Tyreek Hill is open, so I think with Cohen. He's going to run a lot of those similar routes. There's a very similar offenses here. So I think Tariq Cohen just out of the backfield, and it was Dante Hightower, I think, that was uh, just kind of blew a coverage there. And t- Tyreek Hill's able to just go straight th- right, th- right down the middle, wide open, Patrick Mahomes misses it. So I think this game, there's going to be a lot of similarities. The Bears obviously like to get Tariq Cohen the ball in space, and they're going to do it often in this game. And I think Tariq Hill had three touchdown catches against the Patriots uh, last week. And maybe Tariq Cohen's a guy that can maybe replicate some of those, you know, production numbers. But yeah, Tariq, uh, Tariq Cohen is a guy that I really like in this one. Tyreek, you know, Tariq, it's, it's easy to kind of, you know, jumble those up. But uh, what about you, B? Any matchups that uh, you're looking at here that uh, bode well for the Bears or some that maybe you're uh, concerned about? First of all, I'm surprised that Nick didn't say Trey Burton. I was kind of open. He's, like he's on my notes. He's Burton in my three. notes right here. I wanted to go <laughs> him too. No, uh, but I want to add to the – uh, Tariq Cohen thing real fast. He's not my guy, but uh, you're comparing him to Terry Kill. Did you notice what Terry Kill did well against Patriots? You're in North and South. I think that is absolutely key for Tariq Cohen to have a big game in this one. Don't be afraid. Initiate the contact. Uh, but I think uh, the guy to really watch out for in this one, I, I said it last week against the Dolphins. I'm going to say it again this week. It's, it's Allen Robinson, uh, especially because the, the Patriots play with six guys in the secondary. And I think that Mitch is going to have to trust his one-on-one ability, uh, allowing Allen Robinson to go up and get the 50-50 balls uh, because he's a bigger guy. And I think with more guys in coverage, you're going to be able to win more of those battles because if you're going up in double coverage, put it only where Allen Robinson can get it. We see him try and thread up through triple coverage. So we know that Trubisky has confidence to be able to make that throw, uh, but it's going to have to go to the bigger bodied receivers with more guys being out there. I think that's going to be how you have to combat it. Yeah, good stuff, guys, for me. I mean, I'm looking at Taylor Gabriel. He has been 
great these past two games. We talked about it earlier in the year when he was just catching a lot of bubble screens and not doing a lot with them because the blocking on the perimeter wasn't great, that we love to see him use that speed to take the tops off the defenses. Uh, we saw it a little bit against Tampa Bay, and we really saw it against Miami with some of those long balls. And I anticipate uh, Mitch giving him a couple more deep shots this week, see if he can come down with it or at least draw a PI deep down there and get us yards that way as well. Um, but no, uh, Taylor Gabriel uh, with his speed, uh, I think they're going to try to take away either Cohen or Gabriel and whoever they do try to take away uh, a good luck if you can. Um, and B uh, the, the counterpart, either Gabriel or Cohen uh, should be able to make the, the, the defense pay. And you guys already talked about Cohen a little bit. So I just want to give Gabriel some love here and even Anthony Miller, uh, Trey Burton. I mean, again, we talk about it every week, but the weapons are endless and the opportunities as well um, are. So for me, there's not one guy I'm keying in on here. I think this is exactly how the Bears should go about it. Give what the defense, uh, take what the defense gives you. Um, but Trey Burton, uh, Anthony Miller are guys who've been uh, being able to find an impact without a lot of touches. And if that continues, the Bears should be in good shape. I want to add to Taylor Gabriel real quick too. Uh, something we talked about when we signed him and it's kind of resurfaced here throughout the season from time to time. But when uh, quarterbacks throw to him, their quarterback rating goes up. And I don't know how many targets he's had in the last two games uh, comparative to the first three, but I, you talked about Mitch's uh, quarterback rating earlier being higher in the last two games. I just wonder what the correlation is there, if any. Hmm. I'll look it up and I'll tweet it later on this evening. That'd I'm be some good research. Yeah. All right, let's kind of look at the Bears running backs now. Uh, they're going to be going up against the Patriots defense that's uh, middle of the road, allowing about 110 yards per game on the ground and uh, 4.5 yards per carry average. Uh, the Bears, they really haven't leaned on a true workhorse this year. It's been a trio. It's been a mix of Howard, Cohen, and even Trubisky. He's averaging 50 yards rushing per game over the last two games as well. Uh, so the Bears, of course, have been, you know, they've been running the ball effectively, maybe not in the traditional fact with one back doing it all, but what do the Bears need out of the ground game this week? Because we can talk about they need to get, you know, Howard going, or maybe it's time to start leaning a little bit more on Cohen in this regard, but... I think they're going to stick with Howard Cohen Trubisky scrambling as well to find their way to uh, make plays on the ground. So what do they need out of the ground game this week in order to be um, effective and to come away with the win? Let's go right back to Nick. You know, they just need to start actually using Jordan Howard. I just feel like Matt Nagy still hasn't figured out how to effectively use him. We saw glimpses in that overtime in that second possession where Jordan Howard had, I think, a 19 and 50 yard run back to back. But other than that, Jordan Howard just hasn't been able to get going this season. And it's going to be interesting how Nagy goes and, you know, addresses that situation because we've heard, you know, these trade rumors. We've heard that in the offseason and now during this season. But I think the Bears will be a better team, a better even passing team if you get Jordan Howard going. The play action gets a little bit more effective. Those linebackers come up because you need to get Jordan Howard because, again, he's a guy gets better when the game goes on, but we just haven't seen him. We just haven't seen him play a full full game to where he's actually being a focal point in the offense. So I think that's going to be a key thing, just not even, not even in this game, but just moving forward with the season. Can we establish any kind of rhythm for Jordan Howard? Because he hasn't been able to get that in any game this season. No, it's been, uh, you know, if you would have told me that we're week seven and we're still talking about this and this is like, you know, uh, heading into uh, the week one game, I wouldn't have believed you because I really thought Jordan Howard would have been uh, a bigger factor, especially on the ground in this offense, but it just hasn't happened yet. But still, the Bears are putting up numbers. They're putting up points. So if the end result 
and I, you know, I hate to say it, but like if the end result still as high as it is, it's maybe this is the way that this offense is going to work or be the most effective. But I agree with you, Nick, that we do need to find a way to get them in a rhythm, get them going, because it should open up the offense even more than it is now. Because teams know we're trying to beat them with you know through the air, and two games in a row we've done a pretty darn good job of doing so. But sooner rather than later, uh, teams are going to kind of key in on it, and maybe the Bears won't be as effective. And when that happens, you need to have Jordan Howard to kind of lean in, lean on a little bit to kind of take some of the pressure off Mitch. So I do agree with that. Uh, what about you, B? What do the Bears need out of the ground game this week? I think we're going to – well, I think they need to run more RPOs with Trubisky and Howard rather than Trubisky and Cohen uh, because with six DBs out there on the field, it's going to be hard to get to edges. So I think we'll still see some jet sweeps and just sweeps in general uh, from the running backs to be able to try and get into space just to try and keep them honest. But if we run these RPOs, I mean, Mark said that uh, the Patriots struggle with athletic quarterbacks. Uh, but if we can have an athletic guy with Trubisky and have a, a guy who's willing to pound it between the tackles like Jordan Howard has shown that he's patient and he's going to find those holes in the offensive line, then it really opens up the door for either guys to have a lot of success in this one. And they have to be able to respect both Well, they could run inside or Trubisky could take it outside the tackles. Uh, so I think that that's kind of the best way to go about it. And you stick with the hot hand uh, when we figure out, you know, can we get to the edges or do we have to pound it up the middle? And I think that keeping them honest with these RPOs uh, is really going to go a long way, especially late in the game if they keep keep at it uh, with a consistent basis. Nick, anything else you want to add? Bears offense, Patriots defense? You know, about the, the Bears offense, I do like what they're doing formation-wise and just play concepts. Uh, just going back to the touchdown to Allen Robinson last week, the play concept really worked well because Allen Robinson, Deion Sims are the guys on the left side. Deion Sims runs that uh, just a shallow curl route, and that's in front of the linebackers. And Allen Robinson runs his skinny post right behind him, and that's why there's that gap in the opening and an easy touchdown pass. And did you guys notice on the Trey Burton touchdown, do you know who was the running back or the, the back in the backfield? No. It was Anthony Miller, actually. So it just gives you another thing to actually think about. And on the option there, Trubisky has it. He's looking like he might, you know, pitch it out to Anthony Miller, but obviously just flicks it forward to Trey Burton and he goes for the touchdown. So it's having all these uh, different formations, different personnel in different spots, running these, you know, clear, um, concise routes that's going to open up things. And that's why I think this offense is going to be set for a big day against this Patriots defense. I like it. What about you, B? Uh, just a couple things. Um, on the road, the Patriots give up 28 and a half points per game. I don't know if you said that one earlier. Uh, and this defense, as much as I said, you know, they're going to have to really watch the RPOs and respect it. There's a lot of experience on this defense. There's not many guys that have less than four years experience. So they may have seen some of these things already, and they're going to be very well prepared for it. So just, just things to keep in mind. Sure. All right, guys, I want to know who is going to be your offensive X factor heading into this week seven game. And Brandon, you're up first. I think I'm going to go with option B because I had a couple in this one. Uh, but option B is Charles Leno and James Daniels. If Eric Cush does not go to go, I seen he had a neck injury earlier this week. Again, I didn't check the practice report today, so I don't know if he got in there uh, much. But I think it's going to be uh, can Charles Leno and James Daniels create some sort of running lane for these these running backs, these RPOs, uh, that I think we're going to see a lot of in this game. And also the pass protection because that's where – we see a lot of the pressures come from is on that left side. So can James Daniels and Charles Leno create a push uh, to get the run game established and also be able to protect Trubisky, uh, keep a functional pocket like Nick said? What about you, Nick? You got an X factor? Yes, I'm going to go with Tariq Cohen. He's a guy that's been seeing actually more snaps than Jordan Howard over the 
past couple games. And he's just a guy that you can use everywhere, not just in the backfield, but you can split him out wide. You can put him in the slot and he's able to run, you know, nice routes and just get open. And Trubisky's been looking to him. So he's a big play guy. And again, Tyreek Hill, Tariq Cohen, a lot, a lot of similarities there. So I think Tariq Cohen's going to get a lot of percentage of plays thrown his way and just be a big factor in this game against the Patriots. You're welcome, oh. Nick, because Tariq Cohen was my option A. <laughs> Tariq Cohen is my option A and my only option I put down. So <laughs> Tariq Cohen, is, I mean, it's a very fair one. Like Nick said, the comparison you know, to Tyreek Hill, uh, last year Nagy's Chiefs put up 42 points against the Patriots, and I know Hill is a big part of that as well. And uh, Tariq Cohen, uh, two games in a row, he's hit over 100 yards from scrimmage, and he's looking for his third one here. And we haven't seen Jordan Howard out there too much, so you really can't make him an X-factor. Mitchell Trubisky is an X factor each and every week, as we kind of talked about. That's just an obvious, that's a given. Uh, you can look outside as well, but I think when it comes down to one guy who can break uh, or make the entire offense go, it's, it's Tariq Cohen. If he does that and becomes a matchup nightmare that he is and really makes defenses focus on him, it just opens up everybody else. So, for I mean, Tariq Cohen, he's an obvious X factor in this game. All right, guys, who has the edge? And Brandon, you're up first. I'm going to give you the Bears' ground game uh, versus that Patriots' run defense. I'm going to the Bears' run game in this one, actually. I think uh, if they... Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Utilize these RPOs. I think if they get Tariq Cohen the ball, like we talked about with both of you guys' as X-Factors, he gets a lot more touches. Uh, I think that that's really going to open up the rest of the game if it gets established with one of three guys, as we talked about earlier. So I think that really establishing it early uh, taking control of the clock because I think as long as you can keep the ball out of Tom Brady's hands, uh, playing count Marinelli football, it's going to go hand in hand with the run game, and they have to get this one established. Uh, the Patriots are middle of the road as far as uh, yards given up per game uh, with 110.7. So I think that this is an advantage that they can take advantage of. Uh, thus, they have the advantage. Said about three times there, but I give it to the Bears' run game in this one. Advantage Bears. Nick, yes. over to you. Bears passing attack, Patriots secondary. I'll go with the Bears passing attack. I don't think they're going to have an issue gaining yards and putting up points. Like I said, it's just about keeping up with the Patriots. So I think Mitch Trubisky's poised to have a good day. The receivers are going to get open, and I think Matt Nagy's going to scheme them open. Do some similar things that um, happened in that Kansas City game just last week. Good stuff there. And I have the Bears pass pro versus the Patriots pass rush. And just like Nick, I'm giving my advantage here to the Bears. And well, just like Brandon, too. So do we have the broom? Get your brooms. There we go. No, but, you know, the Patriots, not a lot of sacks. Only one in the last two games as well. Bears pass protection, uh, one of the best in the league. Like I said, uh, Mitch is in like the top three or five in terms of uh, the percent of dropbacks in which he's been kept clean so far this season. He's comfortable in the pocket for a reason. It's because the five guys up front have done a phenomenal job all season long, and I don't anticipate that changing whatsoever this week. So for me, an obvious edge goes to the Bears here for their pass protection. And I'll quickly end the special teams uh, going around the horn here. What's on your mind regarding the third phase this week? Brandon? How well do they set up Cody Parkey for field goal situations? Uh, Mark talked about um, how you can't beat the Patriots with just field goals. And 
uh, in the Chiefs game, he said that Andy Reid settled for two or three of them. And that was ultimately the difference in the game if he didn't get the touchdown. Uh, but if it comes down to a point where they have to kick the field goal, uh, are they within 50? Because Cody seems to struggle a little bit outside of 50. So I want to I want to get him in 50, make sure he's comfortable there. As the offense has to push him forward to get him within 50 yards. So just kind of watching for that. Sure. What about you, Nick? You know, I'm just hoping we don't see Cody Parkey because, again, that means we're settling for field goals. We need they, The Bears absolutely need touchdowns in this matchup. And, again, that Chiefs game is uh, why, because they, they end up losing had they scored those touchdowns. But, yeah, you want – but, again, you do want to see Cody Parkey get that opportunity again. Still, you want the Bears offense to get him a little closer. Not be so conservative, and that's a whole other story. But you, you don't want to see Cody Parkey because the Bears are scoring touchdowns. Exactly. All I was going to say was I do want to see Cody Parkey because the Bears are scoring touchdowns and he has to kick the ball off over and over and over again. <laughs> true, true. But uh, for me, uh, I'm just curious of how often will the Bears punt because this is a game where they, you know, they can't just, you know, go three and out punt after time after time again. And uh, so far in the year, they haven't really punted at all. They have the third best mark in terms of punts per play. Only averaging a punt on every point zero five plays. Uh and also, oh. they have uh, the third best punts per score at uh, 0.6, and the fourth lowest punts per game at 3.2, which is almost half of what we uh, in Chicago had last year in terms of punts per game. Just to put that into perspective, obviously the Bears are doing a much better job of not just moving the ball, but moving into opposing territory where either you're going for field goals, you're being aggressive going forward on fourth down, or, uh, of course, finding your way into the end zone. So for me... Uh, Hopefully the Bears kind of keep on that trend of not having to punt nearly so much. All right, so it's time to hand out our weekly predictions, which of course begins by going around the horn and handing out some bold predictions. And I'll kick this one off for me. Uh, I have a couple of them, but uh, I'm going to give this one. Leonard Floyd has three sacks in this game to kind of catch up from. Uh, wow. Hey, I told you I was going to go bold, and I think bold. that is uh, that counts as bold, but he's someone who we need to start seeing catch up a little bit. Uh, still no sacks through five games, so you get three here. Things are starting to look a little bit better in terms of the season for Leonard Floyd. And a game where Khalil Mack maybe won't be 100%, uh, look for a guy like Floyd who is nearing 100% with that hand to really put some of the pressure on his own plate and go out there and find a way to get it done against uh I forgot the name of the left tackle, but I know he hasn't been good so far this season. I know both tackles for the Patriots haven't. So this is a game uh, coming off uh, Tom Brady's blind side. Go after him, go get him, and uh, let's get some three sacks under Floyd. Brandon, over to you. Bold prediction? Well, mine is kind of deflated after you guys talked about this earlier. So I was going to say the Bears defense sees Brian Hoyer in this game, but you guys kind of already you know took the wind out of those sails early on. Spoiler so. alert. Yeah. And I didn't even get to say it. <laughs> I did, and it felt nice. I see why you try to say that at least once per episode. It feels really good. Right. What about you, Nick? Tariq Cohen scores three touchdowns. He, like I said, similar production to Tyreek Hill. Don't know what yardage is, but he scores three touchdowns. I like it. Real quick, I'm going to give you my other one. Tell me which one is more bold, the Leonard Floyd three sacks, or I have uh, Vic Fangio gives the nod to Roquan Smith to have Gronk one-on-one all game long and shuts him down, not even a single catch surrendered. Which one's more bold? That one's more bold. I think, well, yeah, well, I was going to say Floyd, but yeah. when you say no catch or surrender, that makes it pretty bold. Yeah, it does. Well, he could get injured the first quarter and then be out and, you know, Leonard Floyd. I, I don't know. Leonard Floyd <laughs> hasn't showed us much this season, so that's also bold. They're both really bold, Will. Good job this week. Thank you. I stepped up to the plate. 
All right. I had my uh, bowl of bolios. Now, see, I try to go an extra step and I ruined the whole thing. I'm going to have to cut that out of the podcast. So YouTube, you get an extra bonus. <laughs> no, all right. Who's going to end up this week's MVB? I'm curious. You can go either side of the ball. I mean, actually all three sides of the ball if you really want to, but hopefully it wouldn't be uh, Cody Parkey or Patrick O'Donnell. <laughs> but uh, Nick, uh, how about you go first? I mean, with my bowl prediction with Tariq Cohen scoring three touchdowns, he's going to be my MVB. He's going to bring on his best Albert Wilson impression. And that's sad to say because he just went off on us last week. Just being in open field, being able to make big plays, um, just be a productive person in this offense. I think Mitch Trubisky is going to go to him early and often, and Tree Cohen's going to score those three touchdowns, and that's why he's going to be the MVP. All right. What about you, B? I'm going to give it to Eddie Jackson because uh, the last time he said, you know, in week one, defense got lazy, gave up some big plays. He turned around the next week. He had a sack, a forced fumble, a pass deflection, three total tackles. This week, after Miami game, he said he didn't shoot a shot on the Albert Wilson touchdown when he had his opportunity when he should have. I think he shoots a shot in this one. He's going to have another bounce-back game in this one. Has a big stat one. All right. I'm going to go with a uh, secondary player as well, but mine, uh, someone who I talked about earlier, uh, Bryce Callahan. I think he's going to have a very strong day. Uh, shut down Julian Edelman um, in the slot. Limit his impact. Also be aggressive, you know, as we've seen all year long against the screen game, against the run. Uh, he'll limit, you know, Sonny Michelle on the ground and really keep uh, James White's yards after the catch down to a minimum on the plays in which they go to Bryce Callahan's side. So, oh, and by the way, he's also going to have two tackles for a loss and a sack coming off a blitz. So big day incoming for Bryce Callahan. Was that your third bold prediction? <laughs> I guess. Okay. <laughs> I guess so. All right, so taking a look at the official records so far this season in terms of game predictions, we're all sitting at 3-2, and two, and I, uh, A, I don't think we've picked the Bear against the Bears yet, and B, I don't think we've ever been tied this deep into a season before, which is very interesting. But alas, who wins on Sunday? Let's go to Brandon first. What's your score? Oh, man, you had to go to me. And this is tough. I sat here and looked at this probably 10 minutes before we went live because I just really don't even know. Uh, it's not going to be a blowout. I will say that from either side. We're not going to blow the Patriots out of the water, and they're not going to blow us out of the water. I am confident in that. Uh, but I'm not really confident either in either offense putting up 24 or more points for various reasons because I think Tom Brady, you know, one reason he's going to be able to control the clock in this one. Uh, but the Bears defense also at the same time I think is going to have a bounce back game, and they're not going to allow the Patriots to put up very many points. So I'm going to say the final score is 21-18 Patriots. It's hard for me to pick against Tom Brady when he's undefeated against the Bears in his time in the league. So I have to pick the Patriots, unfortunately, in this one. There we have it. It finally happened. It took seven weeks. Yep. What about you, Nick? <laughs> Man, had you gone to me first, I would have been the first one. I'm going Bears 27, Patriots 30. Again, this is going to be a very close matchup. And I know the Bears at home. The defense is going to play better. The Patriots have not been as dominant on the road, but it's still Tom Brady. It's still, you know, that electrifying offense. And they played a really close game last week against the Chiefs. I just think the Patriots have a little bit more firepower because that's what it's going to come down to. Who has more firepower? And it's hard to bet against Tom Brady. Okay. All right. I like this. I like this a lot because I'm going to take the lead after this week because <laughs> I have the Bears winning in this game because we saw last week in Miami what – a team coming off a bad loss can do at home, and I think the Bears are going to find a way to replicate that um, because we talked about it, uh, Nick, you and I, a couple weeks back when we looked at this quarter of the season. We said if they drop either to Miami, to the Jets, or the Bills, they have to beat New England, and I think the pressure's on, and they know that in order to kind of you know not just stay atop of the North, but how the season's shaking out. They need to end this stretch 3-1 and one as well. So for me, 
Uh, the Bears have everything to go for in terms of what they need to go out there and do in terms of why they need to win this game uh, for the season's sake. And I think they have a sour taste in their mouth uh, from Miami. I know I still do, and I'm sure you guys do as well. So for me, uh, the Bears come out swinging. I know the Patriots have been uh, middle of the road in terms of offensive yards, but they have done a good job in terms of scoring points. And their defense has been you know, kind of eh off and on this year, and they just gave up 42, uh, what, how many points to uh, the Chiefs? A lot. It was like, wait, yeah. 40. So, you know, very similar stuff. Matt Nagy had a really good job, um, his offense with the Chiefs last year against this defense. So, for me, I see that kind of holding true. So, for me, I have the Bears winning 27, New England 21, a slight statement game for the Bears to kind of prove like last week was a fluke, and we are for real. We are a force to be reckoned with here in the NFC North by coming up and beating the Patriots convincingly at home this Sunday. And I can't wait to uh, hold the lead here with a four and two record at the end. I'm a, I'm a competitive person, but I hope you take the lead in this one. Oh, same here. (laughs) I hope I'm wrong. Great. Well, I still haven't picked against the bears. So I feel good about that, but uh, guys, (laughs) uh, it's time to wrap it up. What's your confidence level? Uh, I know you guys are going the opposite direction here. So I'm curious to uh, your confidence level and your final thought for this game. Let's go to Nick first. Confidence, um, like I said, it's going to be a close game. Confidence they can win, I'll put it, I mean, it can't be, i give it like a five. It's, it's, it's iffy, but leaning towards the Patriots. The thing here is I want to see how the Bears are going to be able to close out this game, whether they're down or have the lead. We've seen the defense give up a lead, and we've seen the offense at times go co- too conservative to where they don't you know, close out a game. So both aspects the offense and defense and you know even special teams you could have won the game last week with a Cody Parkey field goal it's how the Bears finish is going to be the key in this matchup the Bears can you know ultimately come on the winning side get that you know fourth W of the season if they know how to finish and that's going to be it's going to play out in this game whether it's for a loss for a win all right Brandon I'm going to kind of disagree with Nick a little bit here, but to answer the question, my confidence is more than a five. It's like a five and three quarter, but I think how they open is very, very key uh, because if they can score on the opening touchdown or I hope they score an opening touchdown, if they score on the opening drive and then are able to put Tom Brady away on the first couple drives, I think that's going to kind of put a little bit of panic in them uh, and they're going to be able to, I mean, we've seen that they can score after halftime adjustment. The bears can uh, against Miami. They came out for 21 unanswered. Uh, and so we know that once they make that adjustment, uh, the offense is able to calm down a little bit. They're going to be able to hit their guys. Uh, so I think how they open up is very key. If they open up slow uh, offensively and defensively, if they don't tackle very well, uh, it may be a long afternoon if they don't open up. as well. So I think how they open is just as important as how they close. All right. So for me, my confidence level is a six. And I know I have them winning, but there's still Tom Brady on the other side. So if I said I was at a seven, eight, nine, ten. There goes all the credibility. Like, there's, there's, you can't be that confident going up against a Bill Belichick, Tom Brady Patriots team. Uh, so for me, just slightly above the middle, and I'm really intrigued to find out which team shows up on Sunday. Are they going to come out swinging after losing to Miami and give New England a run for its money uh, and playing well throughout? And Brandon, you talked about the Bears needing to come out there uh, strong to begin. That would be huge because, uh, at least statistically this season, uh, the Patriots defense have given up way less points in the first half of games than the second. So if you can steal some points, early in this game, and then usually as the game wears on, that's when the defense falls apart. That might be all the difference the Bears need really to have just the advantage in this game. But I really think a big performance against New England uh, in this Bears season is right back on schedule. But if they fail, and if they fail miserably, drop to 3-3, three and three, things get a little concerning here in Chicago, at least for this year. I mean, the future is bright. We're seeing glimpses. But 
a drop to three and three really makes the season, you know, it can go either direction then, but a big win, uh, the Bears end up on top. Um, things should, uh, the confidence should be not just with the fans, but the team should be uh, on the right track. And uh, we're going to be testing every phase. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But one thing I will not forget heading into this week, guys, how many points are we from being five and zero right now? Four points. Four points. Yep. Four points away from five and zero. So even if say they lose, I anticipate it being very close because when the Bears usually win, it's been convincingly. Yep. Um, I don't think if they win this week, it's the same story. But only four points away from a five and zero Bears team. So again, sour taste from Miami. That's a very fair thing to have right now. But don't forget uh, just how close we are from being a five and zero Bears team going up against Tom Brady. And if that was the case. Imagine the mindset that we would have, the media would have. So just four points. That's it. That's less than a touchdown, uh, which, again, doesn't matter. It's in the past, but it just kind of proves how close this team is. And I think this is the game where if you steal it, you take it away from Tom Brady, uh, the narrative kind of changes just a little bit. All right, well, that's all that we have for you today, Bears fans. And on behalf of my Bears brothers, I want to thank you all for taking the time to listen to this week's game preview. And just another shout-out to all the live viewers here on YouTube. And I did notice that we broke 4,000 YouTube subscribers, actually almost to uh, 4,300, which is really awesome. I appreciate everyone who's taking the time to subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you haven't yet and you want to go here and participate in the live chat throughout our shows, definitely head over on YouTube. Uh, just search up the Bears Brothers, and I'm sure you'll find us rather easily. Uh, but up next, Will Ingles is going to share his weekly analysis of the five matchups of the game, followed by my weekly three keys of the game that are going to unlock a Bears victory that I've already predicted. But until then, <laughs> bear down, Chicago. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com.